Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven. I am your host, Jonathan Romero, and we have been going through Colossians here for the past uh, past few weeks. And this time, we're going to be focusing on chapter 1, verses 12, 13, and 14. So this is before we get into a very well-known uh, passage which is Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and on, which talks about the preeminence of Christ. Uh, but before we get there, uh, let's focus in on these three verses. So if you guys would go to Colossians chapter 1, if you're following along or taking notes, I'm going to start with verse 3, and we're going to read until the end of verse 14. So it says, We always thank God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing. It says, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and, in, and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully and pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to, the sh to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So let's go back to verse 12 and look into that verse and see what the Lord is saying there. So it says, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of all or of the saints in light. So as I was reading through this at first, um, I actually thought Paul was giving thanks uh, to the father who has qualified uh, the saints uh, to share in the inheritance. But as I was reading that through, trying to understand uh, this passage, rereading verse 12 in light of what was said before, the giving thanks is actually in reference to the saints, not Paul. So Paul is not ceasing to pray for them. And he's asking that they may be filled with the knowledge of his will. As it says in verse 9, verse 10, it says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, 
right? He's continually asking the father, God, right? The father of that. And then we keep going, verse 11, being strengthened with all power. Again, this is in reference to the saints, according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience of a joy, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you. So Paul is praying that they, the saints, give thanks to the father who has qualified uh, them to share in this inheritance in light. Right. So the giving thanks is in reference to the saints that they may always direct their thanksgiving to the father. Um, and I believe it's the same way with us because we were in the same position as the Colossians before they knew Christ personally. Um, we were dead in our sins. We hated God, wanted nothing to do with God. And here, because God saved us, we will later see that he has delivered us uh, from the, the domain of darkness. Uh, we will we'll understand why we are to continually give thanks to the Father always, without ceasing, right? Because of what he has done for us while we were yet sinners. So then Paul mentions something about the Father, right? What about the Father? Well, it's the one who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and light. So that is what he's talking about. The qualification is done by God himself. Uh, you did not do anything. God didn't see anything in you that caused him to want to qualify you. No, uh, you see the Christians at Colossae and us, all who are believers in Christ have been qualified, or we can say made fit uh, to share in the inheritance, right? The Lord did that. We didn't do anything our response in faith is because he first saved us, changed us, changed our hearts and our desires. And now we desire to come to God in faith. This faith was a gift from God. And this is why we give thanks to the Father for our life and the life of all the other believers, right? Especially the believers in your local church. Do you pray for them and thank the Father for saving them? Thank them for their faith. Encourage them in understanding about their faith. Um, yeah, you see, if unsaved people were to partake in heaven, like if they were to live in heaven, uh, they would be miserable. Um, they do not like heaven. Why? Because God. They hate God. They don't want nothing to do with God. Right? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 through 21. Uh, I want to read that just briefly so that we may understand uh, why unsaved people would be miserable in heaven and why us who are believers, we rejoice that we get to partake in heaven, right? Partake in this kingdom, in this inheritance that was given to us or uh, God has qualified us to share in. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18. It says, For the word of the cross, it's talking about the gospel, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? 
Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in this, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. And then later he says, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. What is he saying? The unbeliever hates this message, hates the understanding that we get to be reconciled to God through Christ. They hate the idea that we can be saved. They hate the idea or understanding that we are dead in our sins and apart from God, we cannot be saved. You see, they want heaven without God. But what is heaven without God? It's not heaven. So we must understand that unsafe people, if they were to partake in heaven, they would be miserable. Um, but instead, we must understand what God has done for us. He qualified us, as it says there in Colossians, giving thanks to the Father. We are to give thanks to the Father. Who is the one that qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, right? And in verse 13, it says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. So the domain of darkness is Satan's kingdom. And the kingdom of his beloved Son, we are, God is speaking about his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is Christ's kingdom. And what did he do? He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us uh, to the kingdom of his beloved son. You see verses 13 and 14. Well, this is what it says in 14. So we can understand 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. So that those two verses is what is mentioned in verse 12 when it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance. This is what the Lord did in order to qualify us. He delivered us from the domain of darkness. He transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom there is redemption in his beloved Son, the forgiveness of sins. That's what the Lord did. Did. He forgave us our sins, but he didn't just pass on our sin as if uh, it was nothing and he just swept it under the cosmic rug of heaven. No, what the Lord did was he took on flesh, thereby being the second Adam or the last Adam. And him being the last Adam was able to take upon himself the sin of the world in order to appease the Lord, his wrath was on us. And what Jesus did, he said, I will take on your wrath. And that's what he did on the cross. So God is the one doing the delivering and the transferring. You see, he delivered us from the domain of darkness or from Satan's kingdom. Right? Scripture tells us that we were dead in our sins and trespasses. We were following the course of this world, the pattern of this world. We were following the prince of the power of the air, who is Satan. It even says that we were children of darkness or children of disobedience. Uh, it seems to be that those are harsh words, but those are words that need to be said. 
and understood by us in order to understand the glorious uh, cross that Jesus took upon himself, right? Jesus carried the cross and died on it. So it's like the electric chair of today. So the electric chair was given to those who deserve the death penalty and was on death row. And then when that day came, they were put on it and they were electrocuted until they died. Uh, now they do a lethal, lethal injections and it's the same thing, right? I don't know if they still do that, but that was the way it was done. That was the law and God actually supports that. Um, the, the understanding of the death penalty and why the death penalty exists. It's to punish the evildoer. Um, but here we see that he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So just as God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, God delivers us out of darkness. And also, just as God granted the promised land for Israel, God grants us the kingdom of his beloved son, right? So this is what the Lord did all through this preaching of this folly, right? It says, uh, for since the wisdom of God, the world, so I'm rereading re 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, in the wisdom of of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who are, who believe. It says verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. The reason why it was a stumbling block is because the Jews tried to maintain their goodness in order to achieve salvation or in order to uh, please the Lord. But you see, there's only one way to please the Lord is putting your faith in Christ, in Christ alone for the salvation of your soul. So that's what we must understand. And then in verse 14, it says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So who is the whom there? In whom? Well, that is the beloved son, which is Jesus, right? The son of God. We, right, Paul, whenever Paul says we, he's speaking about himself and the rest of the saints that he is talking to, the saints in Colossae. And he says, we have redemption, right? We have redemption. Redemption, what is redemption? Well, it's, it says there, plainly, the forgiveness of sins. So that is what redemption is. Redemption is the forgiveness of sins. But how is that done? Well, only in Christ will anyone see redemption. See, there is salvation in no one else but Christ. Which is why it says in 1 Corinthians, again, let's go back to 1 Corinthians if you're taking notes or following along. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Very familiar to Romans chapter 1, verse 16, where it says, For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe, to the Jew first and then the Gentiles. So 
this gospel, it's the same gospel that is preached to the Jews and the Gentiles. This is the way in which God saves his people through the preaching. Look at what it says in verse or in Romans chapter 10, verse 5. Romans chapter 10, verse 5. It says, For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law. That person who does not who does the commandments shall live by them. Okay. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and the word Lord there is kudios, which means or is acknowledging that Jesus is the same Lord mentioned in the Old Testament, that Jesus is Yahweh and believe in your heart that God raised him, Jesus, from the dead, you will be saved for the one who's uh, for the one with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And in verse 17, when we go down, it says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So how does faith come about? Well, that is come about through the preaching of Christ. His word, the gospel, who is Christ and what he did for us and why he did what he did for us, right? Why did he have to die on a cross in order to save me from my sins? Uh, we have to understand and, and put into recognition of what did God do in order to qualify us to share in this inheritance? Well, he put Christ to be the one to take upon himself the wrath that was due us. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, death is God's payment to us. And what did we do? We sinned. So, death is our wage. It is due us. It is given to us because this is what we earned. You're welcome. Um, the wages of sin is death. This is why we die. Not only physically, but spiritually. You see, when Adam sinned at the garden, uh, the Lord before commanded him and Eve that the day that they eat of the fruit, they will surely die. They didn't die physically yet, but spiritually their connection to God uh, was cut. No longer were they in communion with God. And that brought about death. For where there is sin, there is death. For the wages of sin is death. But this is the good news, right? 
That's the bad news. The bad news is that the wages of sin is death. And because we all have sinned, death is due us. It says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's a free gift. What is a gift? Something given to you that you did not earn, right? Free gift of God comes from God. Doesn't come from us. Of God is eternal life. That means living forever without dying. That is found where? It says in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So that is the only way by which we can be saved is through Christ alone. Understanding that this is a gift of God. This is what is grace. That is grace. God's mercy is him not giving us what we deserve, which is death, second death, hell, punishment. And grace is what is given to us that we did not earn, which is eternal life in Christ. Why do you think Paul says in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you? And this is the same for us. We are to always continually give thanks to the Father for saving us, right? We are wretched. And only because of Christ and what he did on the cross, we can be reconciled to God. Praise the Lord, right? The God who created the universe by the word, right? This same God we can be brought close to. You see, listen to what it says in Romans chapter 5. Verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, so by our faith in Christ, we become justified. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have, present tense, and will continue to have, Peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. Praise God that we now have peace with God. That means we were not at peace with God before Christ. So again, when you're not at peace with God before Christ, and if unsaved people were to partake in heaven, well, they would be miserable. Why? Because they're not at peace with God. God's anger is on them. And why is that? Because they have sinned against a holy God, a just God who punishes the evildoer, right? And that's what scripture says. So in order to be saved, in order to be qualified, we must put our faith in Christ. So if you have been moved to put your faith in Christ, I would say do it. Put your faith in Christ, confess your sins to him, acknowledge that you have sinned against him. And also acknowledge that there is no salvation found in no one else but Christ. That you put your trust in Jesus alone for the salvation of your souls. Knowing that when he died on the cross and when he said it is finished, he meant it. So, we are to give thanks to the Father always, who is the one that qualified us to share in this inheritance. As Paul is encouraging the Colossians. I encourage you. Um, and this is what the Lord did. He delivered us from the domain of darkness and he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, right? In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Praise God for that. Because we, as fallen as we are, now 
in this life, as long as we live in this world now, we are being sanctified. And that is only done through God's word. God's word is truth. And that is the means in how God sanctifies us. We are called to let the word of Christ dwell within us richly. And that's what God does in conforming us to the image of his son is that we not only just head knowledge, know the word, but we know the word, Jesus Christ. Right. I want to read from the London Baptist Confession of Faith of 1689. So this is on chapter six. I'm going to read paragraph two. Because we have to understand um, the fall of man and what happened. Be right? The reason why God has to punish. Um, it says in paragraph two, our first parents, this is speaking about Adam and Eve, by this sin fell from their original righteousness and communion with God. And we in them whereby death came upon all. Meaning, because they fell, they are our representatives, we fall. We have been fallen because of that. That's why David says in the Psalms, like, in sin, I was conceived in iniquity or in sin. And it says, all becoming dead in sin and wholly defiled, in all the faculties and parts of soul and body, which is why we die, which is why um, the Lord has to cause us to be born again, right? John chapter 3, right, with Jesus and Nicodemus. Um, what must I do uh, to inherit the kingdom? Or what must I do to be saved? Jesus replies with, you must be born again. Paragraph 3 of that same chapter, chapter 6, says, They being the root, and by God's appointment, standing in the room instead, and instead of all mankind, the guilt of sin was imputed, and corrupted nature conveyed to all their posterity, descending from them by ordinary generation, being now conceived in sin, and by nature, children of wrath, speaking of us, we were conceived in sin and thus making us the children of wrath, the servants of sin, the subjects of death and all other miseries, spiritual, temporal and eternal, unless, this is the good news, unless the Lord Jesus sets them free, right? That's the idea there of God delivering us from the domain of darkness and transferring us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So, God punishes the evildoer. Those who commit sin are evildoers. But because of Christ, we can be brought near to God. As I was reading in Romans chapter 5, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, this faith put in Christ we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ so I would say
put your faith in Christ if you haven't done so already. And if you have, be encouraged and give thanks always to the Father who has done this for you. Um, and never cease to give thanks to the Father. Continue giving thanks to him. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. Thank <laughs> you.